Everyone wants to know what's a day in the life of Dan Sullivan like, and instead we do a, a week in the life of Dan in this episode, and we dive into how Dan sleeps, some of his sleep tools, some of the technology ga- gadgets he has, and also how he plans creatively and thinks creatively and coordinates with his team. Dan, what are some of the cool things that we're going to be talking about that really lit you up? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, what came as a surprise to Mike and uh, I realized that it's worth uh, talking about is just how much sleep I get. I get a ton of ton of sleep, probably more than a lot of people. And the other, other thing is that uh, I, I'm a, a fiendish exerciser. And uh, what I've discovered is that uh, the, the law of gravity each year, I'm, I'm pushing 80 pretty soon, you know, in a couple of years I'll be 80. And I found that every year gravity ups the ante, you know, it says, okay, I'll raise you. And I have got, I've got to increase the intensity and the, you know, the duration of my exercise. So I've accepted the, I've accepted the gravity challenge. And uh, a couple neat technologies to help health. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And just um, kind of, you know, um, um, uh, that uh, I'm very, very good at certain things and not good at a lot of things. So there's all sorts of teamwork rules that I have that keep me being who I am at my best and kind of limits or prevents me from operating at my worst. Yeah, and you'll also learn about something I've never heard Dan talk about before. It's the constraints in how he writes books. So you're gonna learn all that more in this episode of Capability Amplifier. Okay, this is an episode that I've wanted to do for a long time with Dan. It's a week in the life of Dan Sullivan. A lot of people ask me all the time, what's a day in the life of Dan Sullivan like? And when Dan and I were talking, you said, hey, look, um, it's going to be a lot easier to to spread it over a week. And um, it's something I'm always interested in too. So we're going to cover a lot of topics. I reached out to my a lot of people and I said, hey, I'm going to be doing this interview today. What do you want to know about Dan and a day in the life of Dan? So Dan, why don't we take go through a typical week and why not start either on a Saturday or a Sunday, because your thinking about the week is probably just important, as important as what happens inside of a week as well. Yeah. Well, first of all, I will start on Saturday. And thanks, Mike. Uh, you know, I've not been asked this question before. So oh, good. Um, it's being created as I'm telling it. Uh, uh, and, um, but first of all, Saturday is always my free day. You know, I, uh, if I'm taking a fr- just one free day during a week and I do in some weeks take more than one free, but Saturday for some reason is I never, ever work on a Saturday mm. and, you know, and I, you know, I do shopping runs for Babs and, uh, and, uh, you know, and uh, I read, I'm, you know, I read uh, the Wall Street Journal, the uh, Saturday edition of Wall Street Journal. One of the sections, the review section, is the finest piece of newspaper journalism in the world. It's just so far above any other newspaper. Really? Yeah. And so it's usually it's like a two hour read. They have so many interesting articles. And it's completely, you know, it's just really interesting things that you wouldn't know about. So that's that. 
So Saturday, Sunday, I generally uh, will do uh, preparation for um, uh, for workshops. I might do some new tools for an upcoming workshop, or I might do the outlines that I use for my small books. And I do that. And I have two or three hours on Sunday afternoon when I'm uninterrupted. And on a lot of the Sundays at 11 o'clock, I do a podcast with Dean Jackson, you know, and that goes in the schedule like a year ahead. Like we just look at all the Sundays and we put them in the schedule. And I, I love, you know, the free, it's a very free form, you know, a lot like ours, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And no, a bunch Dean, of ideas. And right. Dean is like the marketing Buddha, you know, he kind of floats above the normal affairs of human beings, you know, and gazes down and pronounces brilliant insights. Anyway, so the- I'm going to stop you just for a second, ask a couple of clarifying questions, which is um, <clears throat> when you're taking some notes on, let's say you're, you came up with a few ideas that you know are going to be useful for a thinking exercise, a book, um, where are you storing that stuff? Do you type it? Do you keep it in a computer? What software are you using? Do you have a notepad? How are you organizing these ideas yeah, so you're a, sure that you don't lose some, anything? I have some desktop uh, desktop tools that I've created for myself. And I've got, you know, one of them that's just idea developer and it's new tool developer or the, you know, and we may be on the tool and now it could become a book title. And so that's where, so I have a place where any ideas about uh, things that are going to become, um, you know, an actual workshop tool, or it's going to become, you know, the, the title of a upcoming book. And they, they, all, they all go, go into the, to the same place. I just have one place for all my ideas. And I, you know, I consulted a lot, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, and, and when you say it's a, a tool, um, again, I don't want to get too too granular, but I know people are right, thinking yeah. the same thing well, I am. A tool is actually a thinking exercise. So we mm -hmm. all, uh, you know, the whole strategic coach program, it consists of uh, questions about some aspect of entrepreneurial life. And uh, and it's put into a, you know, it's, it's a single page, diagram and it's got boxes and it has questions and um you know and then it's got for the last year it's really been great because we have a column that when you come to a decision uh about something there's a column called who not how now who do you talk to on on your team or who's the who that's actually going to follow through on the decision you've just made or the project that you've just completed that's the and then we always have a section called um, yeah, insights, decisions, and actions that come from going through a thinking process, which uh, have been uh, extraordinarily, extraordinarily useful during the last two years because Zoom, uh, all of our workshops have been Zoom. And in Zoom, you have a really terrific uh, capability to have great breakout sessions with other people. So. Mm -hmm. We always get people primed to think about their thinking. And then when they go into the breakout session, they actually talk about what they got from the exercise and insights and breakthroughs they have. So they're, you know, there's not four people sitting in silence for a couple of minutes before some 
what what are we doing? Well, what are we yeah. supposed to talk about? You know, they're already rehearsed uh, to start off a really great conversation. Okay. Okay. Well, let's let's move on from from here. So you basically may may record an episode with the Buddha, um, with Dean, and um, what's the rest of the weekend look like in terms of your um, the process or you know your ritual? I, no, guess I would say that most I, I'm putting in about three or four hours. If I if I'm working on a Sunday, I don't work every Sunday, but most Sundays I do, and I like. Uh, getting the weekdays actually started on Sunday. And uh, and the other thing is that we always try to get nine hours sleep on Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Um, and not always, if we have the intention of getting nine, we get at least eight. So, you know, okay. so, so anyway. And how about maybe some sleeping tools, um, uh, nighttime preparation? Do you have any any particular rituals that you go through? Any yeah. Uh, yeah, electronic gadgetry, that, your yeah, mattress there's, even? Uh, there's one that's very valuable, and it's certainly been valuable during the lockdown. The great lockdown, I call it. I don't, I don't mention the virus or the anything. The P word or, yeah. Uh, I'm considered uh, the least problematic thing was actually the disease. The most problematic thing were the lockdown rules. I, I think that will be remembered as the thing that people dislike most about it. But anyway, um, uh, so a lot of screen time, I've done an awful lot of screen time and most of my creativity is done on the computer. So um, I used to do writing a lot, handwriting, and I used to draw a lot, but I, Generally speaking, now it's um, I'm, you know, I'm doing screen work and uh, it has an impact on you. You know, I mean, uh, if you're that close, to, uh, these are very powerful electronic devices that we're dealing and we're in an electronic field and um, um, and it can keep you jangled when you go to bed. So from Switzerland, there is a really neat device and I'm just going to give you the it, it's um, four four letters it's i m r s i m r s and you just go to google and they have pages of what they do but they have a device that unhooks you it kind of uh what 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 can i say a d uh screen energy it, it gets rid of all the screen energy and it's about 20 minutes and it's a machine you time it and there's a little, uh, it's like a little buzz. You get a buzz. You just hold something in your hands and, uh, and uh, you feel kind of like you're going into a meditative, meditative um, zone, you know. And I've meditated for 50 years, so I'm familiar with meditation. And, uh, and then and you, you won't be kept awake by your screen time. So I do that. I do that every night because in during the week, like today, I'll probably spend six hours, seven hours on the screen with the different things that I do. So, so uh, I'm really, um, you know, a uh, lot of it is just Zoom, and I, I love Zoom, mm -hmm. and you know, we can get into that more. But then uh, um, I'm going to tell you four activities, which are really dance activities, and. And these could, uh, you know, these could pop up on any day. Okay, so um, 
so one one of the things is that um, I do a lot of podcasts, um, and uh, so the uh, the one that we're doing today would be my uh, basically my third set of podcasts uh, this this week, and so I did two with one person, and I two with another person, and we'll probably do two or three. And uh, that's a regular part of our my week. The other thing is, uh, I write a lot of books, or let can I, uh, I'm going to rephrase it, Mike, I've said, there's a lot of books that are written that have my name as the author on, mm-hmm. <laughs> on it. And uh, but um, so starting <clears throat> when I was um, 75, I'm um, just pushing 78 right now. What was that, 75? No, no, I think it's longer than that. Uh, there was a decision. I'm trying to think when it was. I think it was when I was 70. Yeah, it was 90, uh, 2014. I made a decision that I was going to write 100 books in 100 quarters. Yeah. Okay. And they were going to be small books. Uh, they were going to be uh, little books, less than 60 pages of content. And they would be illustrated. We have cartoons. And um, and uh, and it would be a concept from the program that I wanted to fill out a little bit more and provide uh, provide textual you know textual support for it and also audio support and video support and I give a lot bit more examples to it and uh, and um, and so um, I I started this process and it was hard at the beginning because. I thought I was going to write the books and I, you know, I immediately, you know, put myself in trouble that I make this promise. You know, I made the trial. I made I, 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 I made the commitment out loud to 13 different workshops filled with strategic coach clients and probably 25 of my team members. So, you know, every quarter uh, from, um, from eight, um, you know, from age uh, 70 to age 95, I'm going to write a, a new book. <laughs> and, and and right into the deep end of the pool with barely the ability to float. And uh, so anyway, but I'm very quick, uh, very quick at adjusting uh, in order to make a bad decision into a good decision. And I started accumulating all my team members who could help me out with it. And within a very short period of time, we had nine different team members uh, who did part of it. But what the big breakthrough was, all I had to do was go to uh, break out the concept into what the chapters would be, then an outline for every chapter. And then Shannon Waller, who's a really amazing um, interviewer. She's, she's got great interviewing skills. She's been at coach for 30 years. She knows all the concepts. And so she interviews me, then a writing team of a writer and a editor, uh, take the outline. They know it's going to be four pages in the book. We predetermine the size of the book. That's an old trick from copywriting. Uh, you know, advertising copywriting is the best training or writing in the world. And the reason is you write to time or you write to space. You write to 30 seconds or to 60 seconds or six inches of copy. And you have to get a whole story over in six inches. So it's a trick that I always predetermine the actual size of a book before I write any 
you know, before I write anything. So every chapter is going to have four written pages. There's going to do, be two pages of cartoons. There's going to be an introduction. There will be eight chapters and there will be a conclusion in every book. So the writer and the editor know that. And so they start taking the transcript from the outline and then they had, you know, they fill in the headlines, the headlines, subheads and all the copy. And it's gotten so good that the last five books, I haven't changed a word. You know, it's come back and it's, I said, totally, they totally got it. And, um, and I wouldn't change a word in what they do. And that it's a great thing. So I, uh, on average, I can produce a new book in 35 hours of my time every, every quarter. That's, that's great. So I'm going to summarize what I've heard so far and correct me if I'm wrong, and then we'll move on into the next chunk, which is more of the breakdown of the day. And also I think people want to know how you're functionally moving around all the chess pieces, the people and producing the volume because, and I'll frame this a little bit. So the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, let's call it the Saturday is going to be rest day. Uh, run around, do some errands, Wall Street Journal, thinking time, et cetera. Um, and then and if we had a social event uh, during the week. It would uh, be dinner on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then on Sunday um, might be work day or it's play time. And that'll be thinking. And that could be thinking about tools. Um, systems, et cetera. And <clears throat> along the way, the, the big thing is the focus on sleep, eight to nine hours. And I did find this IMRS device from Switzerland. Just curious, how much are these devices? Because it's doing PEMF. They've got a, a variety of different models. Do you have the one with the mat and the goggles and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, we all have the, the mat and the, uh, you know, you have the central machine and, uh, It'll either just attach to the mat and the mat kind of vibrates, or uh, you can take it on the road with just the central machine. And it's, uh, it, it's kind of, you know, it's just uh, a cylinder that you hold on to. Okay. And it goes through your body, but it. Yeah, it's PEMF. Um, I, I noticed that. That's really interesting. And, and what's the investment for this thing? And I'll put the link in show notes, but it's imrs2000.com is the website. I have no comprehension. That's all right. I did, I did yeah. the research in the background. Yeah. I, I, know, I know we had enough money in the account to, to okay. cover. <laughs> so, so Santa Claus just blessed, uh, left down some uh, money, money leaves and took care of that. for. And I've been using this for probably seven or eight years. Okay. The other thing is that I exercise every morning and I'm, mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm very, very good at it. I mean, I get it. But here's the thing. If I don't get out of bed and exercise, I'm not going to exercise during the rest of the day. Yes. So, um, uh, and what when, time is that? I'm curious what time and... I've watched you work out, but I'd like you to go through your workout and let's also talk a little bit about food. Um, yeah, you, I'm a, food uh, you know, I'm a early riser, grew up on a farm, was an older boy, was in the army, was in Boy Scouts, athletics, Boy Scouts athletics. And I'm just a very early riser. And generally speaking, I'm up between four and four thirty. you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, if I do a late night, I won't do that. I'll, you know, I'll get my eight hours, you know, from when I go to bed. And, uh, and so, um, 
You know, and I uh, am chemically enhanced at nighttime, you know. <laughs> you know, and Sonata, I, I especially like Sonata, the timerly Sonata, because it lasts. Well, no, okay, I'm not familiar with that. Is that a sleeping pill? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a prescription. I mean, it has to be okay. prescribed by a doctor. And uh, one of the benefits of living in two countries is that you can get um, you can double up your prescriptions. You can okay. <laughs> Papa Bear's got a drug bag. Uh, well, the Prime Minister of Canada <laughs> just heard this. Uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's going to find out that I really have a preference for truckers over Prime yeah. Ministers. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the next cool. episode. Next yeah, episode. So, so anyway, uh, yeah, and so I, every morning, you know, I, a minimum of a half hour to a maximum of an hour, and uh, you know, and I'm I'm pretty vigorous about it, and I wear a elevation training mask, which restricts. This is another product. It's just called elevation training mask. About eighty bucks. You put it over your mouth and nose, wraps around your head, and uh, it has a series of gauges which, uh, you know, they progressively, they progressively restrict your airflow. And I've been doing it for about six or seven years. And uh, people say, well, what's it feel like to breathe? And here I said, I'll just clean it out. You know, I cleaned it out. And I said, I'll bring you a freshly clean. And they put it on and they couldn't breathe. They couldn't breathe. Yeah. They couldn't do it. And I said, well, this is where I am now. And I brought another one because I have backup ones, and I brought another one, and it's got the full holes that are there. They're completely open, and I put it on, and they said, whew, boy, boy, this makes me nervous. And I said, well, this is, you know, this is the way you start. And uh, and uh, you so you start, and you, usually uh, most people can't have it on for more than five minutes when they start. Yeah. Because they, they just feel... It's almost like they're being waterboarded or something, you know. Yes. You know, and, and it uh, looks creepy, I'll add. It's definitely creepy looking, but you know what? It works. But, you know, during the period where everybody's wearing a mask, it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's just a style. It's a, just a style statement, you know. You, anyway. you tied that whole thing together. Well done. Well done. Yeah, sir. but what it does is it forces your lungs to become really strong because you mm -hmm. really have to pull the air in. And uh, my cardio, you know, VO2 max is one of the ways it's uh, standard when they're testing for cardio health. You know, and, you know, I'm 78, but probably my average performance, you know, come in, I'd be a 40 or 45 year old. You know, my lungs are, you know, at that level. And uh, cardio is probably really vigorous cardio is probably the one thing that is most responsive for fitness, but it's also the thing most resp responsive for not, not having cognitive decline because mm -hmm. that breathing thing and getting breath and uh, getting blood to your brain, getting oxygen and blood to your brain um, is the key thing to prevent cardio decline. And also it's one of the main contributors to heart health because your heart really, really has to work. Yep. So, so I wear that. And the other thing is I wear while I'm doing all my other exercises, a 20 pound weight vest. Okay. It's just a weight vest. So 
uh, right off the bat, I'm, you know, if I'm doing a half hour, an hour, I'm, you know, I'm lifting and I, I do stair work and I do, car, you know, I do uh, uh, elliptical, I do sprints on the elliptical, I do weightlifting, I do stretching. But all that time, I've got my mask on. So um, my the mask automatically will raise your heartbeat 20 points a minute, you know, so... Yeah. If you're if you're just doing exercise and you're a hundred point, you do the same exercise with mask. You're at one twenty, and uh, and so I I you know I I get up and I said, do I feel really vigorous today? If I do, I do it really hard. If I get up and I say, you know, I just like to you know warm up and get things. I just do. So I I always judge it when I get up in the morning what I feel like, and I don't. I don't push myself to do vigorous exercise when I'm not feeling it. But if I do that, then there are days when I get up and I say, you know, I really, really want to, I really want to push myself this morning. So I do. And, uh, but I have days when I go for an hour and my average heart rate for the hour is 152, you know, the Mm -hmm. average heart rate, you know, and, and, um, you know, I'm in good shape and, uh, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm, you know, and it's all for the work, Mike. I, I don't do this for, you know, uh, athletic competitions. Uh, you know, I'm not entering into bodybuilding contests and um, uh, everything. And that it's just that uh, I have a really demanding and really challenging work schedule. And I just want to be um, energetically capable of doing that. And, um, not drop off. I just don't want to drop off at all, you know, and so do that. So the, 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 I've described, uh, you know, and then, um, uh, the way my schedule works, I, we work in quarters in strategic coach. Okay. So every quarter I have two brand new workshops to create one for, uh, the second level of coach, which is the 10 times ambition program in which I have about four or 500 uh, clients and somewhere in between. And um, then I have the free zone, uh, the free zone, which is just about collaboration, you know, entrepreneurs collaborating with other entrepreneurs. And um, you know, both of them because you're in both of those programs. Yes. And uh, there are some uh, in coach, uh, the, the exercises, there's oldies, but goodies. There's there's uh, like the moving future is one that we do every single workshop. You know, the, um, the they it's like Paul McCartney. I mean, he can sing all the new songs he wants, but if he doesn't sing yesterday, Gotta have the oldies. Yep. It's not going to be it's not going to be a it's not going to be a happy concert. So I, I do that, but generally I speak uh, for each workshop, I'll do three new things. And um, some of them are, you know, one-time wonders. And some, t- some of them you hit one, like the certainty, uncertainty one. And this is not only, a, you know, probably a permanent tool, but it may be the most important tool that we've ever created over 30 years. And that's just been within the last year. So you never know, you know, I mean, you know, the audience tells you whether it's a keeper or not. Right, right. And I think I'm going <clears> to <throat> clarify a few things. Uh, I'm going to, again, summarize some of the big takeaways I have. So we talked about the sleep. Um, and a typical week for you then is 
event preparation and events that they're going on and what has happened. And, and as being a witness to this and watching the evolution, let's say I am, and oftentimes just because I, you like to say uh, what it's slow learners with big checkbooks. So I like attending a few events and I'll see you'll have a new tool. And what I love about the tools is it's a thinking exercise. It solves a big problem. It often originates either from a problem you're trying to solve for yourself or you've observed it, witnessed it, or someone asks to solve a problem. And you're like, man, let me think about this. Come back with the tool. And we've got an, uh, essentially the tool itself and you filled it out for you. So it's a working tool. Yeah. With so I never ask people to fill in a tool where I, I, I don't. Uh, with a very real, I mean, I'm not putting down made up stuff. I'm putting down, this is a project I'm working on. These are problems I'm solving right now. And I talk through so that they know that I'm not asking them to do anything that I'm not doing myself. And I think there is a very important credibility um, factor with that, um, you know. that Yeah, uh, and transparency, too. I think that's yeah. the authentic Dan. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, too, is, um, just physically something I've noticed in you is your, like when I stand behind you, you've noticeably put on muscle on your upper body, like the width of your shoulders. And I bumped into you enough, like you're firm, you've got a lot of muscle on your legs. So you've increased your muscle, which is normally for, um, someone in their seventies is rare, but it has to do with just the insane discipline and i've i've you worked out work. next to i mean uh, you yeah. know uh, gravity wants us you know i mean gravity <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> gravity ups the stakes every year and you have to up the work every year you know it's, that's right solar uh, powered solar uh, stardust requires yeah, yeah. constant yeah. uh yeah but but now, that's now yeah and i i should say the other things in addition to preparing for the workshops i actually coach the workshop you know, and and uh, so uh, I have weeks when actually four of the days would be at least a six-hour coaching session. You know, uh, I never do more than two days in a row coaching because I I, it, mm -hmm. I need the break. I need the break because I'm very very on, and I find that my concentration levels have been much much more uh, uh, constant. And, uh, you know, during Zoom. And um, so in in uh, two weeks, we're going back to live in Toronto. And then, you know, we'll be in Chicago. I'll, I'll be doing live workshops. And, uh, you know, and uh, so uh, I think the the transition back to live workshops is going to demand more of me than the movement from live workshops to Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, I love Zoom. Zoom, I, I'm a complete and total, highly focused extrovert on uh, on Zoom, and I'm a, a sometimes highly distracted inter, introvert in live sessions. So I'm going to have to, uh, you know, kind of treat the first month or so as, you know, training. I'm learning how to ride a bike again, you know, and everything. And then what we introduced during uh, during Zoom was the two hour connector calls, and that has been a total gift to me. And I think it's been, I think it's been great for the entrepreneurs too. Wouldn't you say just to pop in for two hours? I usually have a new tool, and 
Yeah, plus, and, yeah. plus it's, uh, it's a mishmash of all sorts of different groups and people from around the world and everything. And I think it's got a nice cultural knitting effect um, for the entire coach, uh, coach community. Yes. I, my experience of it, um, for one thing, this is easy to take for granted until you've done it yourself. But your process of doing an event is um, some sort of an opening training, a conversation, and then dive right into it. Here's the tool. Everyone gets a link. So in, uh, in the Zoom world, we have a PDF. And then in the physical world, in meat, Meatland, um, we've got our binders and we open it up. And you'll walk through and show the example, describe the tool, the outcome. And then um, you're very precise about timing. And what I love, and this, this is the distinction, it's why workshops work so well, especially given the fact that most entrepreneurs are used to going to several day workshops. Coach are one day. It's one day a quarter, unless you're doing um, you know, a, some of the simultaneous programs. But it's, you know, spend one minute on each box and you, it forces you within constraints. It forces discipline. It forces creativity. And only what is um, important, I think, urgent and important to come out. Um, and then the, the net result of the tool is something that um, you can look at through your 90-day lens or through your 25-year lens, your 100-quarter lens. And then there's conversations, discussions, and breakouts. And I think having that predictable process and system really explains why coach works so well. So you've got a, the discipline system, a shared vocabulary amongst all the members, which means when we have our two-hour get-togethers, um, that's where Dan's talking to people. We're having open conversations. And it's clear that that's where you get a lot of your ideas and reinforcement. And one rule of Dan that um, I've learned is there are there is no negative in the world of Dan Sullivan. You know, my dad used to say, um, "If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all." <laughs> but in 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 your world, everything is a positive, moving future. Well, and so learning, there's a learning involved. You know. Yeah, I had one uh, yesterday. You'd be interested, and uh, I think you uh, during January you were in one of the free zone workshops where I said, you know, a way of looking at your future growth is the way that the technology world looks at its growth, and that is, uh, you have a platform, you have a platform, and inside the platform are programs, and then. If feeding the programs are, are apps. There's apps uh, feeding the programs. And I said, so we kind of use the word into shortcuts in the coach world. So it's shortcuts, programs, and platform. Okay. And uh, it was really interesting uh, because um, uh, yesterday I was hitting, uh, I just tried it out on 10 times uh, entrepreneurs. So for those, we have three levels in the program signature, which is boot camp. really, you know, you learn the basics. And then we have 10 times when you've created a self-managing company where, you know, everything that exists is managed by other people and the entrepreneur is creating new, uh, the entrepreneur is creating the future of the company, the proper 
you know, the proper role of an entrepreneur is to create the future, not to be managing the present. present. And uh, I had three or four people who were really smart, and they just had a hard time with this. And, uh, and, uh, but I was really great with them. I said, so what's it looking like to you? I mean, what I'm asking you to do, um, what's it doing to your thinking, you know, as you watch your thinking? And they said, well, I would do it just the opposite way that you do it. Uh, you know, I would do it this way, this way, this way. And I said, so let's do a little experiment here. Why don't you do it that way? Has anybody else got a different way to do this than the way I coached you? Because my way may be very idiosyncratic. It just may be Dan's way of doing things, and it's not everybody's way of doing things. And so there was another person, well, I'd kind of approach it differently, you know, and I, I, I'd do it from the bottom upward. I would fill it up from the bottom. I said, why don't you do it that way? And afterwards, let's just talk about what we each found out. But the thing was, at the end, they said, well, I, th this had a tremendous impact on my thinking. That was experiment one. Experiment two was this had a tremendous impact on my thinking and mine, it had tremendous impact. So I said, I want to get across a point. It isn't the form that matters. It's what happens to your thinking. Yeah. I said, I could care less. I could care less about the shape of the form or the wording or used. I said, I'm totally open to changing anything, you know, but the end result has to be it has a tr tremendous impact on your thinking. Yep. I, I think that that pretty much sums up the state of people who have been practicing failure for a long time, practicing failure is um, ongoing sequential wrong thinking. It's a stack <laughs> of bad decisions and wrong thinking. So, um, and not one, not no, five, but no. 10 uh, oh, yeah. bad ways, <laughs> 10 bad capabilities all stacked into a power pack. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's um, someone very close to me who will remain unnamed. I've often described as 50 years of bad decisions stacked in a row. Um, all right. Actually, so I'm gonna, uh, one yeah. year repeated 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to do one more. And then I, I've got two blocks I want to review yeah. with you. Yeah. One of them is the books. And a note for um, our audience, there's really two primary book types. There are the quarterly books, which precede a tool and um, it's it's a new form of thinking and it's whatever is going on, whether it's, um, uh, you know, the gap and the gain or who, not how, they really started out as quarterly books and evolved into the mainstream books that were produced by Dr. Ben Hardy and Tucker Max and, and distributed Hay by Hay House, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> the but you hadn't, fully described before the structure of the book, which is um, Dan's new idea slash thinking tool. And the framework for anyone who's not familiar with scorecards are there are eight mindsets, which are also the eight chapters. And then there are gradients of thinking, which are really um, a scorecard of one to three is bad thinking. Well, and it's not that it's good or bad, but we'll call it unevolved. I call it roadkill. This is roadkill thinking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. There you go. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, you, you actually are just 
part of the concrete, you know, you're possum pie. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. You're no longer <laughs> casting a shadow, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All the way up to, um, high level thinking Trans and you don't transform, score. On... You're transform. You're, you have the ability to transform yourself. You know, I mean, um, you know, the, uh, and, uh, you know, and, uh, we don't know what the intelligence is that allows people to transform themselves. You know, they, they learn something new and they take the learning and it alters their behavior for the better. We, we, we don't really know. We know education doesn't do it. Like formal education can have just the opposite effect on people, you know, that it makes them more rigid to transform themselves. So we don't really know what this is, but entre entrepreneurs by definition, if they're a successful entrepreneur, have to have had that to become a successful entrepreneur, the ability to transform themselves. So that's why it's uh, it's such a wonderful joy. I'm kind of a philosopher in a certain way, you know, I'm a teacher and everything else, but uh, what a difference to, you know, be of assistance and support to people who are natural self-learners, self-transformers, anything. I mean, it, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to hold on, you know, because they, they take it and run, you know, and then, and then they'll come back and they'll give you improvements. They discovered this and discovered that. So my job as a coach is just to have myself so handled well when I go in that I don't have to be thinking about me. I'm just picking up new stuff that'll be useful for future workshops. Yeah, I, I think as I'm listening to you, like, I think one thing, and it's not all coach members because there's plenty in there who are highly educated, really um, successful academic um, backgrounds. And then there's a lot that kind of fit into what I'd say is my category. Grew up in they the had, tiny they, they town. Had they had an indifferent relationship with the, with yeah, the it, schools. Enough, the yeah, mm. nothing about it worked for me. I, I, I was horrible at school. I barely passed high school and never went to college. And I despise traditional classroom rote learning. And I hated the relationship I had with my teachers. That That's really, it took me a long time to realize that's actually what it was, is I had some authoritarian issues. Plus, you know, I was raised, I was an angry Catholic and all that. But I'm going to get back to what's important here is entrepreneurial education works because the scorecard, there's a way to keep score there's financial score, there's a brand relevance, and inside of the strategic coach world, the real promise is not hope, but a genuine better life with 30 years of history of success. I mean, you've, you can literally now paint by numbers and, and receive an outcome. And, and I've met members who've been in coach for 27, 28 years, and they're remarkably successful, not just as business people, but as fathers or spouses and, and, and husbands and wives and uh, living a, a life of choice. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that to me is, is one of the outcomes. So I think <clears throat> what's beautiful about the books are um, it's a full immersive experience because you've got the cartoons, you've got the even the kinesthetic of the book, the fold out scorecard in the front, um, the diagrams, they're skimmable. 
and get, I mean, the title describes the thinking that, you know, it's, you're very formulaic, but it just yeah. flat out works. So, um, yeah, well, net, uh, net, I was really happy to see net. We were both a genius network last mm-hmm. uh, weekend and Ned Hollowell, who is, you know, just a world famous, um, uh, thinker about, uh, attention deficit disorder, his own, he'll be quick to tell you his own. And, um, and he's devoted the last 40 years of his life to, uh, getting people to see this as a strength and not as a weakness, but it's only a strength under certain constrained conditions. I mean, you have to, there has to be a real discipline to how you do it. And I am, and you are, and, uh, lots of people, you know, lots of people we know are, and um, generally speaking, uh, um, ADD people, before they actually get official help or they get medical help, have actually worked out a lot of really neat um, uh, strategies for dealing mm-hmm. with their short attention span, their their inability to stay with anything that bores them for very long. And uh, the other thing is the constant preference of something brand new over something uh, that they've been doing before. So they, they tend to be, you know, uh, yes. they, they, you know, I mean, some of them, I, I often say there's probably an IQ level, which um, a person like that is an entrepreneur and below that line, uh, they're in prison. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, Un- and Andre, Andre Norman will tell you the truth of that truth about that you know he'll say you know these people are just entrepreneurs um with bad habits <laughs> yeah well i i have <laughs> well, a bad judgment they have bad judgment they don't have yes. much of it they have no time perspective they have bad judgment and um you know they um they they um they, they um don't plan very much <laughs> yeah that is well it's it's yeah there are um, a lot of boundary boundary issues. That would be a, an interesting um, podcast by itself. But here's here's an observation and something I've tested out messaging wise um, that I observe in ADD entrepreneurs, and <clears throat> certainly is is for me, which is because I didn't and couldn't learn traditionally. I learned to read early. I was a good reader. Um, but I required implementation, a lot of hands-on. Unfortunately, my dad gave me access to the tool shop when I was very young. Um, but I tried this out. I was actually speaking at a Brian Sweet event a couple of weeks ago in front of a bunch of, you know, we'll call it the top 2% financial advisors, wealth managers. And I said to everyone, do you know what rules are? And I just waited. And I said, they're for other people. And, and, um, and the crowd went nuts. And, and that night, there were a few people who, who basically said, I knew the second you said that, that I wanted to work with you. But when you have a brain that doesn't le- learn in a rote linear way, you're looking for shortcuts. Um, that, and, you, and to overcome severe ADHD, which I certainly had, along with the baggage that goes along with that, you've got to find who's that make up for your lack like you have. So I wanted to, to put this in the context of your book writing, for example. Yeah. So what do you have? You have time constraints, volume constraints with 60 pages or so of content. 
a course structure. And then what do you do? Well, you come up with uh, um, eight mindsets, which are the chapters. You've got Shannon as your shortcut to interview you, because <clears throat> one thing you know about Dan Sullivan is he's spontaneous, very spontaneous, which leads me into podcast creation. But first, yeah. any commentary you have before I go into the yeah, other part of the Dan Sullivan it's day. Important because it, uh, you know, it stresses the main point that you just mentioned. So I have a rule now that I never do any work alone uh, for more than a half hour that will not lead to a handoff to a team member. In other words, that I will wor only work alone to set a team member up to support my project. So I don't do, uh, it, I'm no good alone. I'm, not, I'm no good alone because I, I just get uh, too distracted. You'll wander. But, Dan will uh, wander when he's so left to his own device. Not only that, but I'll, I'll get frustrated because I'm setting myself a goal of accomplishing thing and I won't accomplish it. But mm -hmm, to show mm -hmm. up prepared for a team member is a crucial value to me. You know, I never, I want it, never want to disappoint a team member. So at every um, state, I never show up. I, you'll never find me alone. I'm always surrounded by team members. Yeah. And, and uh, the team members are very, very good at uh, planning. They're very, very good at organization. They're very good at follow through. And, um, they, keeping Dan on the rails, keeping Dan on the rails, Dan, Dan on the road. And uh, we agree to rules and how we're going to work together. And then I stick to the I will stick to teamwork rules. I won't stick to my own rules, but I'll stick yeah. to I'll stick to teamwork rules. And I've had a lot of team experience right from being in a big family on the farm to mm -hmm. sports to uh, Boy Scouts to you know, to, you know, I was in theater, I was in the army and everything. So I'm actually very, very good at teamwork. You know, I will follow the rules as they relate to teamwork, but I won't follow rules related to my individual behavior. Yep. And that's, but without that mindset, without that behavior, you wouldn't have this constant stream of, first of all, um, uh, creativity, in my opinion, I've been around you long enough to witness, observe this and see your behaviors, but also like at least the philosophy I've heard you say, I'm going to butcher this, but it's not important that you have the right answers is that you ask the right questions and your nature, you have a very Socratic method, which is put really smart people together, ask them questions that you don't know the answers to that are super open-ended and see what happens. Yeah. And, and that and then creates. Be able, then be able to, you know, sort of facilitate a conversation where one person says this, one person says this, you know, if we, you know, you know, what do you think about what each other has said? You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, you don't know how it's going to go. It's very improvisational. Okay. I was just going to say that what this is, is, is a collective positive focus. Yes. And yeah. Um, yeah. so I think the rule set, I think of it like a ratchet, which is you can't go backwards and uh, in a, in downward, in a downward spiral of pain, there's only one direction and that is a positive moving future. Yeah. Um, and I think that that lends itself both to your successful mindset 
the fact that as far as I've observed, I've never witnessed a second where Dan didn't have purpose and he wasn't on purpose. Yep. And, um, and that created an opportunity to create purpose, which you and I have both agreed that that is probably the greatest gift uh, we as entrepreneurs and leaders can provide. Um, yeah. What, 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 one of the things, and I'd like you to reflect on this because I think it may be a common trait. I, uh, uh, I, I'm a really good loner. You know, I'm really, I can really spend lots of, uh, as long as I'm not working on something, you know, that's got a project. But I, you know, um, Babs and I, Babs is, you know, we're partners for, uh, you know, for, we're in our fifth decade of being uh, partner at uh, partners. And, you know, we've created strategic coach together and she still and, likes you too. That's a good sign. Well, she still likes Babs, you. Uh, Babs, uh, you know, is very, um, you know, uh, uh, I mean, she's ADD and she's, um, you know, she's, she's also not a manager. We're not manager. We're good leaders, but we're not managers. And uh, so she oversees a, you know, who the real managers are in the company, and she does er everything about this. But sometimes um, she has sisters who'll come and visit, and um, so she'll take them uh, to our cottage, which is two or three hours away. And I might that might be for about three days. And during those three days, it wouldn't occur to me to talk to somebody else. I mean, to phone somebody up or let's go out and everything else. I've got three days and I'm totally capable of entertaining myself and, you know, and reading during that. But when I'm with people, I don't want it to be helter skelter. I want structure to it. I want, um, mm -hmm. I want outcomes from being with other people, you know, and it really reduces who you can deal with in the world that when you're with them, it's structured. And quite frankly, entrepreneurs are the only people that you can do it where you can get together and you, but, but what they're working on has to be their stuff. It can't be your stuff, you know? So anyway, uh, people say you're a real extrovert, you know, in the workshop and everything else. And I says, because I love the people I'm working with and I'm intensely interested in what they're talking about. But put me in any other setting with a group of people and I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm in the corner sucking my thumb, you know, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm facing the corner, <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, and, and because, uh, you know, people say, you know, I just love being in a social setting where you can feel the emotion. And I said, I get absolutely zero out of that. <laughs> Well, and, and I'm going to explain that for the, the audience here, because, you know, we've had dinner many, many times over at your house, oftentimes preceding a, a meeting. And uh, we sit down, you know, first of all, we walk in and until dinner time, sit around, have some fairly loose conversations, you know, what's going on and, um, you know, olives and nuts and wine, et cetera. And then we alcohol, sit down at alcohol, dinner. Alcohol enabled. Yep. There we go. Man needs his lubricant, yeah. um, truth serum and lubricant. But but the way every meal begins, it's it's the Dan Sullivan prayer, which is positive focus. And that becomes the subject. Everyone goes through positive focus. And it is abundantly clear 
what the table conversation is as a result of that, because there's a clear migration. And the way I compare it to is, because I, I open every business meeting with positive focus now, and I even do it with our family dinner, you know, even if it's just Zach and Vivian and I, because what I believe it creates is a resonant frequency between um, in, a, in a communal setting. Yeah. And you also learn something really nuanced about who someone is as, a re- as, as part of that. And I heard, um, I just came back from Wizard Academy. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with uh, Roy Williams, Roy H. William. He, he wrote Wizard of Ads, truly one of those oh. brilliant thinkers oh, yeah. ever. Yeah, legendary, and, um, legendary. He's, he's, I, I, I want to connect the three of us for an interview because you guys would be long lost brothers. I guarantee it. You won't believe how similar you are. But he said uh, one of the main reasons why you eat together is people who eat together, especially if they've celebrated in a feast, don't go to war. They don't fight. And, um, I hadn't thought of that before, but he's really into esoteric literature. He happens to be the world's foremost authority on Don Quixote. And, um, and he's really just fat, you know, wine and interesting food and, and esoteric t- topics. But I think that's what I notice happens at every meal at Dan Sullivan is there is structure. And with mm-hmm. that structure comes uh, freedom of thought. Um, and that, and, and I, I agree with you. I think uh, the emotional connection happens when there's a framework and constraints to operate within. Yeah. yeah. You know, like great well, comedy. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, I, I'm okay without structure inside my own head. But when I'm in a social setting, I really need structure because, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, um, I've got enough unstructured going in my mind i don't need it added to from the outside and uh, and um so so you know and uh, you know a lot of success in life is uh you know just continuously and, and probably at a deeper level um just telling the truth about who you actually are and how you operate and uh, there's no right or wrong here there's just um don't don't be something that you actually aren't, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I am more who I actually am now than I was 10 years ago. And that was true 10 years previously, too. And my entire organizational structure in my business life and my personal life just um, enhances um, what I'm when Dan is at his best and it prevents when Dan is at his worst. (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, that and and I I will say that um, I haven't seen any bad Dan um, to the best of my knowledge. As far as I know, I've only probably kind of irked you a couple times, and that's because I, I said some negative stuff, and you you stop that immediately. All right, so I've got one one last question. I actually have two, but I don't know if we have time for it. One of them I w- wanted to talk more about. <clears throat> what podcasts represent to you in the process. But I think that's another topic for another time to yeah, deconstruct I would say that. this, uh, that I do have, that's the fourth, you know, I have the creation of tools. I have the creation of books. I have the actual coaching of workshops. And the fourth thing is the creation of podcasts. 
And the reason I do that is that uh, I'm a talker, you know, and, uh, and uh, I don't need any preparation for it. Uh, the conversation, as the conversation starts, and the other uh, person is a flexible conversationalist and adaptive conversationalist, the two of you together just improv, you know, like we do. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I've had some situations where I'm dealing with someone who uh, uh, is just not really responsive, and it really wears me out. It really wears me out really fast. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, uh, you'll say something, and they just ignore it, and they'll go on talking about what they're talking about, you know, like that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and it really, you know, you know, you say, geez, you know, how, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, well, it's, it's, yeah. I, the the way, way I see you do it is um, um, if someone offers you something, that's typically the way I see. I haven't seen you eke out of a bad conversation, but what I have, um seeing you do is when you go that would be a no that'll be a no someone says well, oh yeah how, I, how about just add an example and uh we have a tool in the program called the impact filter it's how to you know very quickly out lay out what a particular project or a particular proposal is and you know it gives the real context the why and then it says when it's finished it looks like this and somebody who used to be in the program came up to me at Genius Network, and it uh, did a had an impact filter, you know, and you know they were, you know, they were using strategic coach uh, thinking process to present me the idea, you know, and so far he he you know he had a plus on his report card, and then I read through it and I got through to the end of it and I I said. And he represented a, you know, a group of people who were putting something together. And uh, I said, well, I can certainly see how this would be an opportunity for you. <laughs> and, he, he, and, and he says, well, what about you? And I said, well, I said, uh, I'll make this really quick. The answer is no. But I said, but I want to have to tell you right now, it's only a half no. And he says, oh, oh, what is it? I said, I haven't talked to Babs yet. Then it'll be a full no. <laughs> it'll be a full no. And the reason was he was asking, they were going to create a platform and where a strategic coach was a program under their platform. I said, yeah, yeah. No, I said, no, you can't That's a horrible do idea. Yeah, I said, I said, first of all, this would require me attending a meeting, wouldn't it? I, I said, and probably there would be a legal contract, right? I said, well, that's impossible because there are no <laughs> meetings of that kind or legal contracts in my future. There, there are simply no, no meetings of this kind. Or, or someone collecting money ahead of you. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that. That'd be a but it's interesting. I was reflecting afterwards how fast that was. And one of my team members was with me mm. and, and she said, how do you just say no like that? You, you haven't considered it. And I said, we've rehearsed this in our mind. We have rules and we've re Babs and I've rehearsed this in mind because, you know, I mean, there'd be a tsunami of this stuff if I, 
you know, if it was known that you could talk Dan into something like this, but we know our future, we know, you know, we know our culture, we know, you know, what it is we're, we're trying to achieve. And, uh, and they were calling it a win-win collaboration, which is, um, it, which is false. Because, Giant poopy lie. Well, uh, it's not win-win, it's win, but, <laughs> not, but, but not, for, not for us, you know. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, yeah. it's really, really interesting. So when you're kind of, uh, you know, kind of unrestricted within your own thinking, you have to take special pains that in your relationships with other people, you have to have very clear, very clear guidelines and ground rules and restrictions and periods. Because my natural tendency is to, you know, I'm like the, you know, the the dogs. Uh, they say dogs that'll get into cars with strangers, and the number one most stolen, kidnapped dog is the dog that's called a Samoyed. It's it's a like a white husky. They're beautiful mm -hmm. white dogs, yes. but they their tails curl up and they have that husky look, and they're the most stolen. And uh, it's only half true that they're willing that they're willing to get in anybody's car. Oh boy, well, you're I, my friend. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you. Uh, I mean, you can always make somebody's boring opportunity exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to stop doing that at a certain point. You just because other people depend upon you and they don't want to clean up your messes afterwards. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, although I'm, you know, uh, you know, I'm very spontaneous and, you know, I do have a naturally creative mind outside of me. Everything has structure and rules that limit uh, that that limit me. And I hope this is useful to people. Because you can't have it both ways. You can't be free within your own mind and then demand that there are no rules outside of you. Yes. Well, I think what we have is a good, think of this like a big, thick Oreo cookie. We just had a lot of good double stuff. What I want to do is put the, the underside of the cookie or the top side of the cookie, depending on how we're making it today. The right side up cookie would put the, the cookie on top. So that is, how do you end your day? So let's just say, you finished your day, you left um, the Toronto office or the Chicago office. Or left what's, this house and went to the Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but what's, what's a Dan night? Well, a first Dan of all, I've got a rule for, is no creative uh, activity after three o'clock. Uh, and I'm a morning, you know, lot, most of my creative work really, really gets done uh in the morning before noon you know i'm up at four you know i'm up at four so i put in i put in eight hours by the time i get to lunchtime and everything else but i've uh, i've cut it you know for about three years i said uh i uh i might do creative work after three but there, sh there can be no requirement that i do creative work after three o'clock i i mean i can't be doing obligated projects that require th creative thinking after three o'clock. So I cut off at three o'clock and then there's, you know, I'll just be chatting or something like that. And, um, you know, Babs and I have more and more during COVID because uh, during lockdown, uh, we've uh, had more, actually more control of our lives than we do, you know, um, when we're traveling and uh, doing anything. So we, we have tended to eat 
have our evening meal, finish around six o'clock. And uh, then um, uh, we do the intermittent fasting things. We do, I don't eat again until six o'clock the next morning, you know, and I've exercised and then I get a heavy protein hit right after exercise. So you don't, you're not burning muscle, you know, you're, you're growing muscle. So that's been really good. And that's, you know, um, I'm sitting a lot. I mean, the, these, the, these have been two years of advanced sitting yeah. <laughs> and and do you have a do you have a uh, a great chair? I have a rule, for example, which is I'm never cheap with my mattress, pillow, toothbrush, um, desk, keyboard, chair or monitor. And 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 so uh, it's where if you spend figure out where you spend most of your time. And then the other thing is like. I don't drive that much anymore, but I have the the last car I'd ever want to own. You know, I, I have something that lights me up and and I feel great driving it because it's fun. But I'm kind of curious what your gadgetry or keyboard mattress. Yeah, um, car, cars. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a machine that takes you from one. You place. don't care about cars. I know that. I don't care about cars. You know, if I own uh, if I owned. Uh, um, um, if I owned a vehicle, it would be a vehicle made in Russia called the Sherp. I don't know if you've seen the, the Sherp. Yes, I have seen it. Uh -huh. And the reason is that it's a vehicle that I think uh, outwardly would re really represent my personality. That yeah. basically, that basically. Or giant wheels. It's amphibious, can go through anything. It's it, practically it, it, unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can go over, can go over huge boulders. That uh, yeah. can go that, and I said, you know, I I really feel sort of a like mindedness and emotional resonance with this vehicle. It's kind, yeah. of, my, kind of my attitude. No, they're, they're they're awesome. They are awesome. Yeah. They're worth checking out on on YouTube. All right, so car. How about SHERP, and they've got great YouTubes. I mean, they've got mm -hmm. great, yeah, great tons YouTube. of fun. Yeah, and. Um, uh, you know, we're Mac. We've been a Mac shop since uh, since uh, 1987, and um, you know, so we live totally in the Mac universe. And uh, we have a great tech team, and um, you know, I'm upgraded from time to time. And um, you know, uh, I have an iPhone for certain apps. I uh, I don't. I'm not a phone guy. I don't. I don't really chat on the phone. Um, if I hear my number. Um, um, if I hear my phone ring, I look at the number and I said, they can't know me because nobody's got my phone number. And, and yeah, and you, I, you, you use it for your, um, uh, my happy. device. My, yeah. You're happy. I got, I got my happy on. And, and ever since I got the happy, my phone's always charged up because I don't like running out of power. Uh, the one, the real switch is uh, I'm going to switch over to the Apple watch. Here and uh, because there's so much that relates to health, health and fitness now. Mm -hmm. And you know, Tim Cook himself has said we, we want to be known for at the end of our hundred years. And I think Apple's got a good chance to be a hundred-year corporation. He's not, we want to be known for the impact that we had on medicine and health. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, we're creating the new program, the Lifetime Extender. So I think I'll get myself. Uh, you know, I've just been using Polar, you know. Um, oh, sure. Yep. You know, 
uh, blood pressure, you know, the blood pressure, the uh, polar devices and that. I don't even know if they're in business anymore because. I haven't paid attention. I still see them. I think they can get a a heart rate monitor that talks to like your Peloton and stuff, but I haven't. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how they could make it with with their watches, but well, let's do this. Uh, yeah, and I then, can see uh, us doing. Uh, an, Pand- oh, go ahead. Uh, I've loved Pandora during uh, during. Uh. Uh, yeah, and Pandora Pandora is uh, beautifully beautifully designed to respond to your likes and dislikes, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I've discovered all sorts of music and and. The the strange thing is that I've never paid much attention to country and western, and I've just become a totally deep country and western fan during the, during the last two years. You know, so that'd be a good way to wrap this episode up. Your top three most listened to artists right now. Who would they be? I have a guess: Hank Williams Jr. Probably. Well, and actually, Willie or not, not? Not tech, uh, not technically country and western because I think he's his own genre as Roy Orbison. Oh God. Yeah. Roy, angelic um, voice. Roy Orbison, you know, Elvis, uh, Elvis said Roy Orbison. He said, uh, they said, uh, Elvis, you're the, you know, the, the, the best popular singer in the world. And he said, Oh no, 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 no. He says, Roy Orbison. He said, Roy could take any song that I sing and he could match me or do it better. And I can't sing any of the songs that he sings, you know, so like, you know, so Roy Orbison, I think the other one uh, would be um, Waylon Jennings. Oh, yeah. So good. Waylon Jennings. And then on the female side, you know, um, Patsy Cline, I just really, really love. Or Lynn Anderson, Lynn Anderson, who I didn't know at all. Lynn Anderson. Uh, you know, uh, I never promised you a rose garden was her head. Oh, of course. Yeah. 14 years old. You know, she was number one in the hit charts and everything like that, you know. And, um, you know, the difference between country and Western and modern pop music, you know, you take modern pop music, it's the difference between uh, wailing and whining. Okay. <laughs> so, so country and Western, it's all about disasters, you know. But the singer yep. knows that they're the cause of their own disasters. Mm, okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Modern pop singers, everything's falling apart and the world's a disaster, but they're innocent. It's everybody else's fault. <laughs> so wailing is where you take responsibility for the disaster. Whining is where you're making other people. Someone else's fault. <laughs> <laughs> That is a great, uh, great way to wrap up this episode. I just, I just oh, it's good. <laughs> I love it. And here's what I did in the background here, because I'm traveling today. I'm visiting a little Minnesota, going back to see the folks in horrible weather, by the way. But I downloaded uh, the best of uh, Lynn Anderson because I haven't thought about her in forever. And um, uh, she was a big deal in the 70s. So, well, let's... Um, I learned a lot and this opens us up for a part two because I thought of other things to ask you that I wrote down. Here's something just to swish around in your head. How about a no tool and a yes tool? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine everyone wouldn't want um, the grid of thinking of how you make yes decisions and no, no decisions and collaboration decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, at a minimum, we could do an episode about it and it, it'd be to me, I, you know, I always look at what's the rule set, what's the right thinking. And these are some right thinking tools. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, right. uh, you know, you're catching me by surprise here, so I'll have to give some. All right, thought. you don't have to say yes right oh, no. now. It's just oh, no. something to no, swish no, around. I, I, hey, hey, it's about thinking. Yep, thinking right, not the thinking wrong part. Well, um, you want to wrap this one up, Dan Sullivan? Yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate this, and uh, you know, uh, uh, you've actually uh, prompted me into doing a new tool for the workshops that describes my week. So I'm going to actually, you know, just take this and I'm, I'm going to take the thinking I've done and I'm just going to lay it out. And I said, this is my approach to my week. Uh, what would your approach to be your, your week be? You know, is there anything I'm doing that's useful to you? You know, please borrow it. You know, you don't have to, yeah. you know, do it, but it actually, um, people like to know how, uh, you know, it's one thing is that people enjoy other people's front stage performance. But even more these days, they like to know what the, the, the backstage organization is and the backstage preparation is. Yeah, you wouldn't believe the response I got today. I'm in a couple of groups that there are multiple strategic coach folks in. And I just, I posted day in the life and it was like, brrr, got a whole bunch of questions. So I think it's... Um, it's very interesting to them, even just the little, the, you know, the sleeping. I'd never heard you talk about the sleeping pill doodad before, um, Sonata, and um, nor the um, IMRS. Those are two that, you know, and, and you and I talk a lot about these kinds of things. So yeah. I think optimization is key. And this also evolves into lifetime extender because um, when we start collaborating amongst other members oh, yeah. and finding uh, lifetime best practices. That's an incredibly valuable tool. So, well, um, I'll, I'll do my version of the wrap up of this, which is um, if you've got questions, comments, head on over to capabilityamplifier.com, leave either Dan or I a message. Secondly, um, you can reach me on social or on the, um, just by posting a comment, if you're watching this in um, YouTube or iTunes, someone on my team will get that to me. And I learned a lot today. I feel very inspired and it gave me three more episode ideas. So how about you? How would you like to wrap this one up and finish it up, Dan? Yeah, I would just say that, um, you know, what I would like to, um, uh, you, know, uh, <clears throat> you know, contribute, uh, you know, just describing my week is that it's very, very useful to identify if the, you know, if you took four or five of your weeks and you looked at them, um, which of the four would be the best, um, you know, use of your time and the results and you use that as a model and keep improving the best model you have right now. And every week set, Go back and look at the model of your week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what you do on weekends. And uh, uh, is the sleep right? Is the exercise right? And uh, we didn't get to diet, but we, we, you know, we eat a very, we, we eat a very sensible diet, but not a dogmatic diet. You know, yeah. like uh, no, I you're mean, not a, could, you're not an we, unfun guy to eat with. And we had a nice dinner the other night. We can break, uh, you know, we can break the rules. The the only thing uh, I say, you know, the thing you have to understand about uh, bad habits, it's not what you do on day one. It's what you do on day three. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's why <laughs> cheat days work. But um, yeah. yeah, that's another episode. So 
Well, another great episode of Capability Amplifier. You're always a load of fun, Dan. Blast to collaborate and improvise with. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks. 